Hi, and welcome to Save Your Sorry, the podcast where we talk about the rise and fall of a celebrity and have some laughs along the way. I am no back burner bitch. I'm Katrina Rochelle. I'm at the top of the charts and the top of your tree, Jose Angel. Hey. Well, how are you today, Jose? I am doing wonderful. Always wonderful to record. Oh, I like the way you said that. It makes me feel like I make it special, so... Thank you. You are one of the ingredients. <laughs> oh, not one of them. <laughs> Is it not like just two? Me and you? Me, the editing. <laughs> okay, you're right. You're right. I'm just one of them. <laughs> yeah, just one. <sighs> Well, so today is our last episode of Save Your Sorry for the Year as our regular um, show. The last episode officially will be our book club episode, but that's not going to be coming out for a couple weeks. So today I wanted to close out the year with some updates as well as some shit that our faves have done and said. Ooh, I love a good update episode. Yes, yes. And as you know, if you've been kind of clued into the news, there there have honestly been a lot of mini updates with a lot of our episodes, but we're kind of going to focus on some of the bigger talking points and just go through them and just comment on how we feel. So to start off, I feel like we would be remiss not to talk about one of our biggest updates that unfortunately is still a ongoing thing, but we got to talk about it. It is the Tory Lanez trial. Oh, I have not even been keeping up. And just the uh, little headlines. Really? I was going to ask, have you been keeping up? Are you clued in or anything? No, I knew you would probably bring it eventually. So I was like, I'm just going to try to avoid it as much as I can. But I see those headlines and I see made in that purple jumpsuit. I'm like, you go, girl. I was like, you go, bitch. Take your take your notes from uh, Court Cardi. <laughs> have, okay. Have, did you see that TikTok? I don't know how popular it was, but it's like every time a female celebrity wants to show that mean, she means business, she did to Bob. And it's like, no, I did not see that, but they do. They always show up with a very severe up in here, Bob. I enjoy uh-huh. it though. And and Megan's is really severe. Like it's it's short, but it's long, it's angled. I'm like, oh girl, you look cute. Um, at this unfortunate situation, shit situation. Yeah. To paraphrase, if you do not know the situation of which we are talking about, first of all, how the hell do you not? About, what? I guess it's two and a half years now, Megan Thee Stallion, her best friend slash assistant at the time, Kelsey, and Tori Lanez all went to a party at Kylie Jenner's house. They were there. They were playing in the pool. They were drinking. Something happened. Somebody wanted to leave. You've heard conflicting stories at this point as far as the trial has gone. And then they all leave with Tory Lanez's security slash driver. And then another altercation happens in the car, resulting in Meg getting out, then getting back in. And then finally, the second time when she gets out, allegedly Tory Lanez shoots at her. And then that is when police come they're pulled over stopped and Megan at first tells them that she had stepped on glass and then it was later after everything had happened that she says that she was shot and then it was like almost a month later that she reveals on IG that Tori specifically shot her and so on and so forth and then two years and many posts uh, what do you want to postpones? Yes, many postpones later, we finally are at the trial. Yeah, that's just how trials work. It takes forever. Yeah. So some of the things that have come out slash been kind of confirmed, as well as we have some 
inconsistencies and some redirections. So some of the things that have been a contradicted is why do they need to leave the party at Kylie Jenner's house anyway? You have Tori's defense team saying that Megan was jealous and she didn't like the fact that Tori was talking to Kylie or she was being ignored, period. And she just went and she was drinking and so she just wanted to leave. And then you have the prosecutors and Megan saying that it had nothing to do of her jealousy. She felt uncomfortable due to like her wig coming loose and she wanted to leave period but the driver said that that her and Kelsey couldn't leave by themselves he was not leaving without Tori and that is what happened eventually they got Tori to come with them and then they all left so it was Tori's driver that's why he's saying that which means saying what but they couldn't leave without Tori oh yeah 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 Tori's driver slash security. Okay, so basically Megan go Megan and Kelsey say that they want to leave. They go to the driver, security guard, and say that they want to leave, but he's like, no, I'm not leaving without Tori. So then they have to basically convince Tori that they're uncomfortable, they want to leave, that you know, it's all over. And he's upset by that, but then he still goes with them. So allegedly in the car, what happens is that Tori reveals that him and Megan are kind of seeing each other, sleeping with each other, have an intimate relationship, whatever you want to call it. And he says, like, why are you even snaking your best friend like that? Insinuating that him and Megan are doing it behind Kelsey's back and Megan is hiding it. And this is something that previously Megan had denied in an interview with Gail King. And some people are kind of like dinging Meg on that. And I, I mean, honestly, I could give you half and half on why it matters or why it doesn't. It matters because unfortunately it goes against her honesty, her credibility. But in a way it's like in all the things that happened that night, why, do, why does her sleeping with Tori honestly matter if she needs to be honest about it or not? And most of the people who are going to see if she slept with him or not are going to say, well, she's just mad. Exactly. Uh, they're no longer fucking. Yeah. And then there's a breakdown in communication. Uh, once that goes on, you have Megan's side saying that she kind of insulted his music and he got upset about that. Once she felt uncomfortable and left the car, once she says that Tori talked her into coming back into the car, she gets back into the car. They get into another argument. When she gets out, he then gets out of the car and allegedly uh, yells, dance, bitch, and starts firing at her feet. Uh, that line is always so wild to me. It is. And you got people saying, like, that's unbelievable. Nobody would say that. And then you have people saying, well, these are dr- these are drunk people who maybe are not being led by the, the smartest decisions as well as the smartest vocabulary. Yeah. But yeah, that is crazy to just yell dance, bitch. Like, that sounds like a movie. Yeah. It it always reminds me of, like, the old westerns, like the cowboy movies, when they're like, dance, and they start shooting. Yeah, yeah. Like, who's that one dude? Yosemite Sam. Uh, Yeah, I can definitely see Yosemite Sam. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And and Tori is is as short as Yosemite Sam. I'm just saying. So now with the trial happening, uh, Meg has taken the stand. Kelsey has taken the stand. You've had a couple experts, doctors take the stand. There's still like apparently a whole bunch of people who are still waiting to take the stand. Like I said, this is still ongoing, but we just want to talk about a little bit of the stuff that has gone on. Like Meg confirming that, that she had an intimate relationship with Tori that blossomed when Kelsey was sick. And then Kelsey taking the stand and basically 
doing this kind of confirming slash blase vague amnesia act where she initially did an interview in September this year that she, she laid it all out and said what her statement was regarding the incident that happened that night with, between her, Megan, Tori, and the security guard. She wasn't the only one at that meeting. She had the support from her husband, who was there as well. And so when she gets on the stand today, they're asking her these questions and some of them she's confirming, but some she's saying that maybe that's not the whole truth and she felt pressured. So her her answers are either switching up completely or she's saying a lot of I don't knows. She also asked for immunity before her uh, testimony, which was granted, but they made sure to say that immunity doesn't protect against perjury. Well, yeah, she by saying I don't know, she's kind of protecting herself there. She's trying to, but I don't think it's going to necessarily work because some of these questions she has been forced into answering past, I don't know, especially since uh, the judge granted that her uh, it was an 80 minute interview in September. Be like a deposition. Yeah, it, they they um, the judge agreed to play it for the courtroom to quote unquote refresh her memory because uh, they asked questions like, "Did Tori shoot Meg?" And she says, "I was told by her team she stepped on glass." Even though <laughs> Kelsey was there that day, she reportedly said that Tori shot Meg in a text message. She's on video asking if uh, Megan is okay after she's seen limping and laying down and being treated by the police and paramedics. Wasn't she there? Wouldn't she know? Exactly. So why would you? It's, it's, it's the redirection. Uh, they ask if she ever accepted any money from Tori and she beats around the bush and says like they talked about things, but no, she officially did not take any hush money. Uh, she kind of points the blame more at Megan when talking about the questions of her possibly be being the shooter. Because that's what Tor Tori's team is doing. Tori's team is not trying to pin Kelsey to being the shooter. What they want you to do is be like, look at all this evidence. And can you say for sure that Tori shot her? Or could you say that Tori could have shot her? The security guard could have shot her? Or Kelsey could have shot her? It's Yeah, the reasonable, the reasonable, reasonable doubt, doubt. That's all they need. That's all they need. And didn't Kelsey, this is the one I keep seeing, didn't it say they asked her about the money and she said, he offered it and they said, is he paying for your lawyer? And she mm -hmm. said, I don't know. Exactly. Like that's that, something you would know. It makes no, some, some of these she's saying, I don't know. And it doesn't work out well for her, especially with that old uh, deposition that they have for her just a few months ago. And you said that she's married so was she sleeping with tory lanes as well is that what he meant by snaking your girl yes and no so there is a conspiracy about the husband but first what uh they mean about that is kelsey is recently married like i said this happened two and a half years ago yeah is that fast as hell to get married within that time limit yes but you know she's also she got pregnant and she got married at around the same time i mean kudos to her i don't judge but, you. i'll get married tomorrow if i met someone sure I would love to see that. Okay, you're invited. <laughs> but 
What they mean is that uh, apparently, according to Megan, Kelsey had a crush on Tori. According to Kelsey, she was kind of talking to Tori. And then they were all hanging out, but Kelsey has, you know, feelings for Tori. They're hanging out a lot, whatever. Kelsey gets sick with COVID. She goes back home to recuperate and get better. Meanwhile, Megan is COVID free, so is Tori. They're hanging around a lot. That's when she snagged the man from her friend. While she was sick. So then this all happens. The shooting happens. Whatever. Kelsey and Megan move on with their own lives. As you know, Megan ends up dating Partisan Fontaine. Kelsey ends up dating and getting married to this dude. Damn. I don't know what his name is. But he is apparently an executive. He works at the label that Meg is signed to. The 1501. The label she doesn't like? I was just. Yes. You see, you're on there. You, You know. You know what it is. Oh so, my goodness. So uh, Kelsey, sloppy. Yes. And it was kind of uh crazy because just to give you some like context, when this shooting ha- and this is why it okay, let me just finish with the conspiracy. Kelsey's husband works at the label 1501 that uh, Megan is signed to that she's having all these problems with and she's suing to get out of her contract. The owner is Carl Crawford, that asshole. Earlier in the year. Or was it last year? Basically, Carl Crawford and Tory Lanez were hanging out like a a couple times, like in videos, hanging out, supporting each other, even have a video with the hashtag. So uh, protect black men. No, hell no. And this is that's an okay hashtag. But, you know, not for that. Not that context. Not that context. It's kind of like, hmm. This label, you, I mean, you're Megan's label. Yes, you are having issues, but then you're hanging out with this alleged shooter that she has pinpointed, and you're talking about protect black men, and now one of your executives is dating her her former best friend who she's out on the outs of. Some people are saying that because uh, Carl Crawford has this axe to grind against Megan, as well as Tori trying to be free and not be deported and go to jail for X amount of years. They're all in cahoots with Kelsey and her husband to basically give little to no information as as possible regarding this shooting to either conduct a not guilty verdict or a mistrial. Yeah, That's the theory. uh, They're pretty much, you know, throwing Annalise's whole playbook at it i can see it now like from how to get away with murder but this you know just <laughs> confuse the jury throw the evidence do yeah. all that stuff yeah. like yeah yeah because I, def- I, I feel like even though i know even though if you ask me even though i gotta i gotta say allegedly bitch i ain't got no money don't sue me <laughs> even though if you sue me you still ain't getting shit even i feel like tori is uh is guilty but the way that they present the evidence and the way that juries are, especially when you have to consider things and wipe that from your memory and not consider that and whatever. Jur- juries are weird and you can get a split one. You can get that one or the two. So it's not All- about getting not guilty. It's about doubt, period. <laughs> yeah. If there's jury members in there, that is going to be like, oh, Kelsey's the shooter. Then Tori's Tori's free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, you have Kelsey with the I don't know. She's trying to plead the fifth. 
they played the deposition where she's saying like she saw Tori shoot Meg over the top of the car door like Megan had described previously. She talked about how uh, allegedly Tori had threatened to shoot her and had pulled her out the car by her hair. Just various things that are like, how did we get from here to there? It sounds, in my opinion, that she was paid off. Could be. And like I said, I'm paraphrasing a lot of this. So if you want um, exact updates, I would suggest like following. Yeah, um, I'm going to say don't follow those. any of those people. Please just get your information from us. Thank you. Hey, no free promo, bitch. Yeah, are you, you're naming all these people. It's like, what? Uh, well, no, what, what we I'm have saying a whole is that they, episode. But, but they they do day by day. And after this episode, we have no more updates on this. <laughs> we'll be back in three weeks to update. <laughs> I I don't understand why you're you going to follow these hilarious. people now. No. They're just going to, hopefully by the time we come back, we got a verdict. That's what I want to update with. I okay, well, no more... you guys can find out the verdict when we come back. You are hilarious. Okay, so the latest update that I read today was that Tori's defense team called a DNA expert. Now we have to be sure that I don't know if the prosecution is going to call a DNA expert as well. But this is Tory's defense team's expert, and he said that based on his findings, that Tory's DNA was not on the gun's magazine, and that Tory's uh, DNA was inconclusive, as well as as it pertains to being on the gun. So it's saying that it could be, but it also could maybe not be. It was also reportedly for other people's DNA on that gun as well. And they said that Kelsey's uh, DNA was not tested. Hmm. For other people. Forensics expert is testifying to that. And they said that they were surprised that his DNA was not on the magazine, especially if he let off that many shots, which take from that as you will. I mean, he's supposedly an expert. This is what he's saying. I still think it's possible, but I'm okay. not an expert. <laughs> I'm not a forensic expert. So how does one's DNA get on a gun? You touch it, you bleed on like, it, you like touch DNA, like I, I guess. But can't you if that's like wiped down or i don't know i just don't i think if yeah i don't i think i i i could not tell you i honestly could not tell you let's bring it in i just place. feel like you said what <laughs> like we need to expert to call in like i don't we need myth busters but yeah i don't understand that either because i just feel like i don't know though because i don't you sound stupid when you go against an expert but when you get all the evidence together, even if Kelsey's DNA was not tested on the gun, her and Tori both had gunpowder residue, and you have that was my next question. Yeah, Kelsey and Tori were both found to have gunpowder residue on their hands, but you have Tori allegedly assaulting Kelsey as well. So she was near him; she was by him apparently during all this, and. Just color, you call me naive. I don't feel like these girls are just teaming up to protect Kelsey as the shooter and pin Tori as the shooter and then still not fuck with each other. 
If they don't fuck with each other, what what why are we keeping secrets? Bitch, she shot me. Nah. I just I just feel like there's ways that you can let off a gun and maybe not get all your DNA on it. I'm I'm sorry, Mr. Expert. I think it's the lawyers are doing their job to cause confusion. Yeah, because I'm confused. Yeah. And I did look it up. Sean Holly is not in court, but she is still his lawyer. Uh, how did I know that you wanted to, to insert Sean Holly in there? It's his lawyer. It's an important part of the puzzle. Sean yeah, Holly, I knew for when you she... that people that don't know, is a huge celebrity lawyer. She was Lindsay Lohan's former lawyer. And she is a black woman. Uh-huh. I knew she wasn't in the court when I didn't see her mentioned by name because I was looking for a Holly. <laughs> yeah, she's still his lawyer, and I know Sean Holly can work miracles. That's when. Don't when, fucking say that. We don't want a miracle. When I heard that, he got Sean Holly. I was like, damn, Meg. Damn. <laughs> don't make me laugh. This he is not got Sean funny. Holly. This is not a laughing matter. It's not a laughing matter. It's. But she's good at her job. <laughs> I'll just say he got Sean Holly, a miracle worker, get this man off. She's the Annalise Keating of the freaking celebrity lawyer world. Oh, Lord. But yeah, uh, so that's the most recent thing I've heard. Don't think that Tori is going to take the stand, but if he did, that would be great. But I, I feel like he would, of course, incriminate himself. I don't know what to think about this because we're so unfinished. Uh, I wonder if Kylie is going to take the stand. They said that Corey, you know, Chris's kept man, Corey Gamble, he's going to testify. So I just wonder what is the rest of the game plan of the defense? What is the rest of the game plan of the prosecution? Is Kelsey going to lie some more? Because also, let me, let's, let's, I want to talk about Kelsey for a second, about why this is so confounding and annoying and stupid. Kelsey had the nerve to be on the stand and say that she was upset that Megan didn't make it clear that she did not shoot her and um, she just left her hanging, left her in the hot seat and she wasn't clearing her name. Let's talk about some things. The The stories that came out after Megan got shot were crazy for a solid 12 hours before uh, Megan's producer plainly said that Tori shot Meg, that uh, Tori counter days shit. The story was that Tori was allegedly protecting Megan or something. Like this was some like Bonnie and Clyde shit. The blogs had it all turned around. And then uh, it slowly came out to maybe this was an altercation of Meg versus Tori. And nobody had heard from Kelsey. Kelsey hadn't said a damn thing. Kelsey was quiet for a very long time. Like I said, a month less, a month or, or less uh, when Tori's team allegedly was still putting out stories that he didn't do anything to Meg. And Meg went on Instagram Live and said plainly, Tori, you shot me. You're lying. You and your team are putting out false stories, making me look like a liar. Kelsey still didn't say anything. She would leave these cryptic messages and, you know, the truth would come out. And then one time she left a comment saying, you know, when I have the time to tell my story, I will. And so she's had this time, both the interview and her testimony to like come clean and lay it all out that you did not do this. You didn't have anything to do with it. You saw what happened. You were there, your eyes and ears. And she's literally just fumbling the chance, which makes me think it's very much on purpose. 
which is why people are thinking she's getting paid off. Yeah, I. You think- can't keep talking about, oh, you're going to tell your story. You're going to lay low and be quiet and let the truth come out when the court comes, when the court date uh, comes. And then the court date shows up and you, you and the truth have decided to take a break. <laughs> yeah, it has to be something like. In my opinion, that she is being paid off. That's the only thing that would make sense to me. Yeah, even if you didn't like the bitch, she's not saying you shot her. I still don't understand why you're, in a way, it feels like you're protecting him more than protecting Meg. Like, you should be mad at both of them equally, but you're sitting there mad at Meg that she didn't say plainly that Kelsey didn't shoot me. Mm. It's complicated. It's a complicated story. Yeah. So stay tuned on that. If you listen to Jose, uh, keep listening to Save Your Story and not the mother bitches because we'll keep updating you on the case in January. Yes. All right, let's move on to our second update. Who do you think this could be about? Have you been clued into the news? Who do you think this could be about? I have to be honest. Ever since, I think, November 18th, 2022, I've just been playing Pokemon. I have not been (laughs) in the news at all. The, I'm on my other Twitter account, not the podcast one, looking up Pokemon stuff, tweeting about Pokemon stuff. Like, it's just been my thing. So I'm kind of unplugged from the slubby world right now. Okay. One million dollars for the person who can find Jose's other account. <laughs> there's, there's no way. Price money, not guaranteed. Katrina's just joking. <laughs> <laughs> So the next update is about Mr. Derek Jackson, the guru. Okay. I did see something about him on TikTok, and I thought, oh, my God, we need to cover him. And then we did in episode 10. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Your retroactive memory. That's me. So um, Derek Jackson, the married relationship guru, author, influencer, is only removing one of those long ass words from his uh bio and that is married married so um if you are not familiar with uh derrick jackson period or even our derrick jackson episode which was a split episode of heinous internet personalities i mean the jose stories told in that episode Far top Derek Jackson, even though he 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 wasn't good either. Yeah, episode ten. Go listen, guys. You should listen. Actually, I don't know if it's episode ten, but I'm pretty sure. Are you really saying just ten, 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 and it may not be ten? I'm pretty sure it's episode ten. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> ten gonna be shy of both. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Let me let me see real fast. Yeah, let's see before we keep it uh, introducing ten. Episode ten. Small social media scandals. Ah, okay, okay. You know your numbers, hey, bro? Uh-huh. So um, if you're not familiar with it, Derek Jackson, period, he is a relationship guru, primarily a social media relationship guru. He has written a lot of books, though. Um, he's known for, for being in his car and telling you a whole bunch of great relationship advice and great how to treat women advice and then literally logging off his phone and not following any of that shit that he said. Like but most getting, gurus do. Yeah, getting you to buy into it and getting women to be suckers and to fall into his image and follow him and buy all his shit and all that other stuff. Uh-huh. So last year, after 
cultivating this personality in this career for a number of years, it was basically revealed that, you know, Derek was a cheater. He was married. He had two kids with uh, like his college sweetheart. And but on the on the low was pretty much seeing a, a few different women, um, maybe one or two more consistently. And then was called out, found out. Uh, mistresses were taking fucking interviews with Tasha K, such and such, you know, telling how he was in bed, saying that they were doing it in his marital bed. Uh, I mean, everything was released. And then Derek Jackson and his wife decided to address the the rumors and the truth and the lies head on in the most awkwardest, terriblest video of them holding hands in her bonnet of salvation. <laughs> talking about how they got through the cheating scandal and all the lies and how they are leading with faith and that they are committed to each other and their marriage and all that jazz. When it was revealed he was a cheater, as well as the apology confronting videos, he and his wife were roasted beyond recognition. I mean, talking about them being hypocrites, as well as the wife being like a doormats. I mean, everything was kind of criticized. Yeah, I think the video they put out together put the scandal on a new level where it brought it out to a new audience because people just like to laugh and snicker and judge it. Mm -hmm. And it's like a, can you fucking believe he got her out here like this or she did this or he was doing... Yeah, it's that type of thing. It's the, what, uh, can't look away from a car crash type shit? Exactly. So after the storm had passed and all the jokes had been recycled, his core fans, of course, stayed, believed and bought the bullshit that he was selling and thought this would be a clean slate for them and they'd be able to move on and use this experience to grow stronger and better. Just all that stuff that Derek had spit back at him. And some of the other non-believing public thought it was only a matter of time before we hear some other shit from him. And it turned out to be the latter. And you know what's kind of sad about that situation, now that what? I'm thinking about it? A lot of the people that are looking for those relationship videos are people that are, let's just say women, because I feel like most of his audience are women. Yeah, primarily, yes. Yeah, are women who have been cheated on and are trying to fix the relationship. Uh-huh. Are women who feel low in the relationship and are seeking him for guidance. So him being a cheater and being able to kind of move on to that. I can see why people in his audience would buy that because they're like, I was Chion too and he's a good man and I'm just going to sit by him and yeah, me how. He said such nice flowery things and good advice. He's And he's, his wife is standing beside him so he has to be real. Yeah, and I'm not saying that adultery is the end of a, has to be the end of a relationship but it does give people that hope of if they can get past it, so can I. Yeah. And that, and that's kind of what they were kind of counting on. Everybody's been through storms in their relationship. Hopefully they'll stay through ours. So it was revealed basically that Derek is still a cheater or maybe he's son not. son of a bitch. Oh, okay. If you believe Derek. Uh, he's lying. So it was revealed. And, and, and I'm kind of going out of order, but I'll, I'll discuss why when I get to my theory. But it was basically revealed that early in December, Derek was in Miami for Art Basel, or he was basically in Miami and just attended some of the Art Basel events. December 2022? 22. 
picked here. He was in Miami, but he was not alone. He was pictured with this other young lady. It doesn't really matter her name. She's not like really famous or no offense important. Picture with this uh, young lady, you know, they're holding hands, kind of cuddled up together. I mean, Derek, I even saw a picture where he was posing with his shirt open. I was like, oh, he was feeling himself. Uh, they're walking around Miami, enjoying each other and each other's company. Now, Tasha K. I oh. mean, she's, she got to pay for that suit. So, you know, <laughs> ain't no dirt passing her by and her not posting it. Tasha K gets a hold of these photos detailing uh, Derek Jackson and this woman and releases them immediately on all her social media. First Instagram, then comes the video, then comes this, that, whatever. The thing I liked about Tasha K is she keeps us updated with these, like, D-list celebrities. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so basically, to Tasha K, there is no celebrity that don't matter. Yeah. She'll give you the tea on anybody who has dirt. Uh-huh. She released the info of the woman. She releases, you know, where they were, what they were doing, how they were cuddled up, you know. And not even a day passes, uh, barely. And Derek has uh, put up his statement via Instagram. So Derek puts up an Instagram post. It's a picture of him and his wife, Danae. I think it was on their wedding day. And just so you know, this does not allow comments at all. I wonder why he would disable the comments on this post. Hmm. And it basically, it basically was detailing that him and his wife had separated and filed for divorce. I'm going to read the whole entire thing. Over the past several months, my family and I have gone through many changes. Some of you have speculated, while others of you have reached out to offer support as we have privately established this new normal for ourselves and our beautiful children. Earlier this year, after much earlier this year, after much prayer, counseling, and deep consideration, we decided to go our separate ways and file for divorce. Making the decision to file was one of the hardest decisions of my life, but I found peace knowing that our mission of raising healthy children, starting with healthy and whole parents, is still being accomplished. From falling in love as just teenagers to becoming spouses and now co-parents, I'm grateful for the years we spent together and wouldn't trade them for anything. I was blessed to have such an amazing person in my life and, and will forever be thankful for all she's meant to our family. We ask that if you pray, to please pray for us as we navigate this grieving process. If not, please respect our privacy. Okay. Now... I repeated earlier in this year, after much prayer, counseling, and deep consideration, we decided to go our separate ways and file for divorce because I feel like that's a sticking point. Now, in that Instagram message statement, he says that, but while that is a sticking point, a month before all that, in November, Danae, his wife, was out here putting a curse on people for talking ill about her marriage. And saying that it was broken and all this other shit. A curse. His wife was putting a curse out. Now, I saw the video. What do you mean a, a curse? I'm, I'm going like to say. Like brujeria? Not, not quite. Not quite brujeria, Chucky, the craft, practical magic. But just the words and it, it, it was enough. I saw it have like a Facebook over uh, like a media player, but I'm not sure if she put this on her Facebook or Instagram. She was cursing people who were placing doubt or had basically were saying like her marriage wasn't going to work. And this is what she says. Every person speaking against the names 
uh, Denea Jackson and Derek Jackson and mockery, accusations, slanders, and lies. May the mercies of God be withdrawn from you. May your husbands and wives become widows. Let your children become fatherless. Let your seed become vagabonds on the earth. Let the words of your mouth and the work of your hands be returned back to you. Let it go down your throat and choke you slowly until your days become few on earth. The word of God says, touch, not my anointed, and do my prophets no harm. You've been warned. She kind of ate that. (laughs) (laughs) If I be for real, like... Like, Shut up. She did. I'm not even gonna lie. Like the bonnet video was horrible, but that <laughs> one, that was that was good. It it kind of reminded me, like you know, Seely. Until you do right by Somebody me, said you think that that I was, that, was my ne- <laughs> that was my next line. That somebody said she put a Seely curse on everybody. Mm, I, I felt that. I'm. You know what, girl? You do right I ain't now. saying shit about y'all. Yeah, she was. I mean, and I get it. We're Jose's being funny, but it's it's not very balanced of you to get on the internet and start talking about everybody who has anything against my marriage. I hope you become widows and your children are fatherless. And you fu- you fucking slowly choke and die. Yeah, it, it was just a powerful one. Like, no, I mean it was. Like, she said it in a very poetic a, fashion. Take yeah, let God take His mercy from you or something. I was like, ooh, damn. Yeah, because like, let God ha- have mercy on your soul. She said, "Bitch, no mercy. God mm-hmm. have no mercy." She needs to like that. That was powerful. If she did a book of poems. I probably buy it. So I mentioned that out of order to say this you have november well you have last year this this couple goes through this fucked up cheating scandal you know you get reamed out by the internet and then you come together whatever you say you're leading with faith jesus god and all the saints is going to take charge of my marriage on that chariot of fucking heaven I don't know where I went with that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Church days. <laughs> Whew, something just entered my body. You have that. And then you have in November, her saying the Sealy curse, saying, you motherfuckers talking about my marriage are motherfucking mistaken. So mistaken, you're going to die. And I then. Can't, I can't hold anything against her, though, because she's the one being cheated on. We don't know for a fact that she even knew she was being cheated on again. Maybe. Can, when you're in that relationship, you know, everyone's telling you, you see all the signs that you're being cheated on, but you don't want to believe it. And instead of having anger towards him, she's misdirecting it towards us. Oh, I agree on that part. Yes, 100%. So she's lashing out in anger and she's hurt. And I'm. But also, she's taking this to the internet. You know, sometimes you got to be old enough to know that. Whether you're the victim in all the situations or not, the things that she says in her videos, as well as the way she acts, are not all the actions of somebody who I feel like is um, all the way happy and all the way there. Like, may, like she's checked out a life. 
And, and, and if you're, and if you are feeling that way or seeming that way, you got to disengage from the internet and get some real life help. Even if shit in your personal life isn't right. Where she went wrong is that everybody is going through hard times, but hers can be documented on video. I people are seeing, but at the same time, sometimes you're just too in it to realize what you're saying, what you're doing. So that's why she can get my blame though. She don't have to get yours, but she can get my blame because she's a grown ass woman and she has children and unfortunately this isn't the first time that this has went on in their marriage so after that you she should have i mean you got to practice caution and a little bit of conservativeness but like i said this is mostly on him i'm just talking about her presence on the internet yeah but anyway i like like you said i'm not blaming her i'm just blaming her for how she's putting her own feelings very publicly like people are going to know how to get her i look at this two ways regarding this whole miami getting called out as well as the danae till you do right by me situation i think either Derek jackson really does not really care about his wife and marriage anymore because it's either like too broken to fix or he knows that whether he stays married or not his status as like a influencer won't really be changed he, he can still always make money and fall back on that so i think it's either that and so he just figured he can just do out he could just do what he wants you know his ego's big he can go out and cheat it won't really matter or he and Danae, Denaya, Denae, I, I don't know which way you pronounce it. They've already had a conversation. He said earlier in the year, maybe that's a lie, maybe it's not. That's why I feel like it's a point. Maybe they've already talked and realized it was not going anywhere. They are trying to separate. In November, she's talking about, nah, everybody's speaking against my marriage. You are doomed. He's trying to separate from her. What are you putting out videos for? But so, yeah, that's that's what I feel. I feel like either she knew that the marriage was done and she was still putting out vibes that she was a married woman dedicated to her marriage. And he was like, oh, Lord Jesus, let me just go get seen out with a woman. Or he really was cheating on her behind her back again. And unfortunately, she was caught looking looking like the only one still still caring about a relationship that was over a long time ago. That's true. I mean, the worst thing, and it's not even that bad in my mind, is she could have just, like, they could have been separated, divorced, or whatever. They knew they were ending. Mm -hmm. But keeping up appearances because they thought it was good for his image, for his brand. Because the relationship is part of his brand. Exactly. But I also think that this could be a good rebrand. What's the next best thing if you're not the married guru? You're the the single divorced dad trying to love again. I mean, yeah, you can be a guru for anything. Exactly. And he's already got his foot in the door. So now he can still say all that stuff about respecting and loving women. But now he can say it from the perspective of dating again. Now he can put out more dating advice things more than married things. Because now he's going back to that lifestyle. Opens up a whole nother pond to him. That's why I feel like this was all a business move, the announcement, because he only announced it once they got the pictures. That's why I feel like it's an either or if he was still cheating behind her back, because why did you only address this when you got caught 
if y'all had been separated or were you just trying to get this quiet until the divorce was finalized and then you were going to announce either way it doesn't look good i just can't stand a public cheating scandal because it's so humiliating to the other person and it shouldn't be but you know there's a i don't know in society there's that once you're cheated on it's like you feel shame for some reason even though you did nothing wrong. You shouldn't be shamed. The other person should be shamed. Well, yeah, I think that it, that's a, a big thing in media. The media shapes how the public looks at these celebrities being cheated, which also influences how we view cheating in our own lives. Like Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, <gasps> for example. I love me some Angie. Fuck Brad Pitt all day, every day, five times a day. Um, anyway, but how did they treat Jennifer Aniston once that happened? She was the old maid, downtrodden, can't find a man, can't keep a man type girl. Jennifer Aniston looked good for her age. She was booked and busy. She was rich. Why are we looking at her like poor me? That's because the media wanted to frame it like that. It's like once you get cheated on, you're. It's like as it's like a different scarlet letter. I don't even. Yeah, I don't even know if it's just the media though. There's just something inside of you that says. Why was I not good enough for them? Why, like you know? Oh yeah, it has okay. you doubting yourself. You're right. You're right. In that aspect, yes, you're you're correct. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, it's that fucking, it's that brain of ours. Mm-hmm. It just yeah, it's just it's just such a horrible thing, infidelity. Yeah, I feel bad because yeah, she's gonna get the brunt of this, whereas Derek is not. He's gonna just pretend that this doesn't exist and just move on. But uh, that's why I think she needs to unplug. She's already been ridiculed for her appearance and her religious beliefs and her commitment. And even if all those are great things separate, I feel like seeing how the Internet's going to be the Internet and mental health is it should be like your peak concern as well as your children. You got to do what's best and separate yourself from that man. And separate yourself from the internet and 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 start to you know figure out what the fuck you want to do. I would love to find out Janae Jackson is writing her own books about lying motherfuckers. Like I would love to see that. I hope so. I hope one day she rises. She's the guru. Still, she rises. Uh, last update, just real quick. I it's, it's personally, I just want to know how you feel since you covered them. Ooh, who did I cover? So after pushbacks of both uh, having to do with the star, as well as, I guess, some uh, technology fixes, The Flash is going to be released June 2023. Oh. And uh, who plays The Flash? Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller. How do you feel about The Flash being released? Uh, What do you think? Do you think this is the right move? And will you watch it? I won't watch it because I have no interest in The Flash. Mm-hmm. Um, how I feel about it being released. I don't know. Ezra has always been so weird to me. I don't know on that one. Usually I'm more anti the person. Mm-hmm. And with Ezra, I just, I never, even though the grooming allegations are what really gets me. It's just. A hundred percent. There's not, I guess there is enough there. I don't know. It's just, I never really felt like we got the end of that story, the full story, if they were actually grooming people or not. And 
then there's more things that come out that people are saying that Ezra Miller is just using the non-binary thing as a publicity stunt and they don't really push it behind the scenes and it's like I don't even know if that's part of the story and or this is just something to discredit yeah and or... now that they're getting help is it time for them to be forgiven but then if they did groom someone I don't think you know you can really be forgiven for that mm -hmm. so I don't know I I think personally they should have strapped it I think as well. I mean, they've done they've done it for less with other movies. They've done it for a lot less, and the DC universe is kind of dying, anyways. They have they scrapped a lot of upcoming movies they were going to do. They and they scrapped them. They like Superman, um, the actor that just left Witcher to go on back to Superman. They said, "Oh, it's no longer happening." Wonder Woman three is no longer happening, so. Why can't they strap the flash to it? it mm. I think at this point they spent the money, they did it, so they're just like, okay, we're just gonna release it. If people want to watch it, people can watch it. All right, all right. I don't, I don't really have a strong opinion either which way. I guess you don't. No, some. I feel like I should though. I'm trying <laughs> to remember Ezra. Like I just. <laughs> uh, I think personally they should have scrapped it. That I feel like this is all just. You know, executives and production companies just not really giving a fuck about the overall message of what this means and just uh, wanting to make money and just put it out. Because one of the things in the article that mentioned The Flash going ahead uh, to being released was, yeah, The Flash tested really great with audiences. Well, who gives a fuck? Well, studios, they give a fuck. They don't really exactly. care. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That it was, I, I feel like it was all just to wait it all out so that they could eventually release it. They were always going to. They didn't care how many years they were going to have to wait. And that's why I'm just like, it's disappointing, but not surprising. Yeah, I, I guess so. I guess I don't know how I feel about it because I feel like I knew it was going to happen. Like, I knew mm. there was no stopping that train anymore. So it's going to happen. And I can, I can personally not want to view it, but people just have to make their own decision. You're right. You're right. All right. So that's enough on our updates. So, like I said, the main thing of this episode, halfway through this episode, is dumb shit our faves have said or done. Ooh. So let's get the heavy hitter out the way. Let's break our hearts fast and hard. Yay is not the first musical superstar to have sympathies for that poor old chap Hitler. Oh. You don't say. So the year is 2018, and Erica Badu is interviewing with Vulture. Don't do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> don't do this to me. I lost Nikki this year. <laughs> I've given up enough. Don't do this to me. Oh, my gosh. It's not funny. <laughs> Matt, let's just, let's just move on. No, you can't skip over this. You don't uh, hear what Erica said. Okay. Hey, you don't, I mean, you can forgive her afterwards. It's going to taint it so much. Okay, so the, <laughs> the year is 2018, and Erica Badu is interviewing with Fulcher, specifically David Mar Marchez. And Erica gives us this comment, quote, I see good in every, well, first of all, she was talking about, you know, 
uh, how even though there's bad people, some people can't help it or just, she tries to see the good in everyone. So she says, I see good in everybody. I saw something good in Hitler. David is a little output by her response. So he kind of asked her to elaborate on her answer. And she responds, Hitler was a wonderful painter. She goes on to say he had a terrible childhood. That means that when I'm looking at my daughter, Mars, I could imagine her being in someone else's home and being treated so poorly. And what that could spawn. I see things like that. I guess it's just the Pisces in me. Oh, we didn't say she's a Pisces. That's Sure. So then she goes on, goes into our great old pal, Bill Cosby. Oh. Now, um, she says regarding Bill Cosby, because uh, I guess they wanted her to speak about him and all the allegations and, you know, it was a hot topic around that time. Exactly. So she doesn't want to make uh, any comments about uh, Bill Cosby. And, you know, he asks why. And she says, because I love Bill Cosby and I love what he's done for the world. But if he's sick, why would I be angry with him? She goes on to say, the people who got hurt, I feel so bad for them. I want them to feel better, too. But sick people do evil things. Hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I would agree to that if, like, Bill Cosby was, like, a really sick person with a degenerative, like, illness and was really fucked up and shit. But Bill Cosby, Cosby was just an old-ass man who started being uh, a perverted, sexual, abusive partner at middle age too old and just decided to cover up his actions openly for decades. I don't think this yeah. was like a sick man. So that was crazy for me to read as well because I had not... I don't think I was clued into these Erica Badu comments. I think when I did the Bill Cosby episode, I saw her comments on Bill. You wiped them from your brain, didn't you? Yeah. It's going back now. And, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't understand why people always have to I, I get what she's doing I see what she's doing she's, I choose to see the light I choose to see the positive I'm just you know positive vibe types of things with, yeah but we know where that gets people yeah, and we know like, what that doesn't get people justice with the whole Hitler thing he's probably one of the most vile humans in history that we always give it as an example mm-hmm. and to say oh he was a great painter is kind of so fucking stupid to even say because he, you know, it's a genocide. He calls it the Holocaust. So mm -hmm. who cares what he was painting? And it, I get what she's saying. Like she's trying to find that gray area of he was a painter. He's a vegetarian. You know, you, you can list other things if you want to list them. I know some awful fucking vegetarians. <laughs> but it's just like stupid to say. And with the whole Bill Cosby thing, you can say you love what he did for the community or you love his work or whatever. We all do. But to say he's sick, just because he's sick, yeah, he might be sick that, like, I get what she's saying. He's sick in the head. No normal person would do that. But that does not give him an excuse. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like he gets an out and he's not like sick in that way. Like, he's a sick, disgusting piece of shit. 
but he's not sick with mental illness. Yeah, she. Yeah, he's, she, he's not sick with like a physical dilla. Uh, uh, dil, di, can I talk? <laughs> a, a messed up physical um, uh, dis, disablement. Nothing is wrong with him physically or mentally. He is just a disgusting piece of person who wanted to hurt women physically, emotionally. Uh, psychologically, like that, it sounds like he gets out by her comments. Yeah, it's it's just so stupid to say stuff like that because there's no reason to paint these people in a good light. No, none at all. I'm never saying yes, Thomas Jefferson. Fuck that man. These but, people always want to be like, but he did, or this person invented, or he freed, or he was doing that. He gave no. We don't have to put butts and stuff. You can list it plain as day. Blank was this, this, and that. And he also was a rapist and fan yeah. TV star. So-and-so it, was this, this, and this. A very successful business owner, as well as a slave owner and trader. <laughs> it, yeah, it's... Especially with these two examples she's giving, it's let's not talk about this horrible thing. Let's look at the good thing. And no one wants to do that. That's stupid. That is toxic positivity or whatever you want to call it. And it's not surprising coming from America. Yeah. And, you know, she tried to flip it. You know, she said um, later in that year, uh, when she was asked about the backlash she received from those statements, uh, when she was talking to the guardian, she says, I don't regret anything. I don't like to make people feel uncomfortable or bad. But people are very sensitive in this climate. It's very understandable. I totally understand. I get mad with them. I get it. But no, I would never take back a message of love. I'm sorry that it was misunderstood, but not sorry for saying it because it was from a place of love. And sometimes that happens. It's a very flowery conversation that you could have. She's not trying to have it, though. Yeah, she's not trying to have that nuanced conversation about. It, it it just does not need to be said. It, especially giving an interview online. It's just gonna be flipped, turned, twisted. The headline's yeah. gonna be Erica Badu supports Hitler, Erica Badu supports Cosby. Yeah, pretty much. She's she's trying to repackage it in her love, love everything is positivity um brand. But unfortunately, Hitler and Bill Cosby just don't fit into that box. No. But like I said, these comments are pretty much largely forgotten, and I haven't really heard her input on Ye since he started his fucking oh, if, rant if, for the ages. If she does, I'm I'm disconnecting from the internet for a while. I can't I can't take it. But we'll keep an eye on Miss Badu. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> she's had a few comments throughout the years. Oh, yeah, there was a couple more, but that was where I felt like the most damning one. So I kind of I stuck with that. One. Or any. Yeah. Anytime she's trending, I refuse to look it up. I, that's one that I'm not ready. You are silly. <laughs> All right. Tarnish the music way too much for me. Yeah. And I love green eyes too much. Uh-huh. So the next one we have is Sarah Silverman with Erica Badu. We are both big fans, of course, but I am kind of, I mean, I know my position on how I felt then and now with Sarah Silverman, but I don't remember about you. Were you ever a fan? 
Um, Sarah, Sarah Silverman. Nice gal. I'm not a fan, really. I, I feel she's older. Like, I mm -hmm. feel like the older generations, your generations kind of like her better. Uh, if you don't fucking stop with this <laughs> me and your... <laughs> I, I just don't feel like she's in my generation type of thing anymore. Like, Oh, okay, okay. Her, her heyday has passed back when you were young. Okay, sure. When we were young. Fucking the killers. <laughs> All right. So uh, the way I felt was back in middle school to high school, I was, I don't want to say a huge Sarah Silverman fan, but I was, I was, I would say maybe a big one. I thought she was funny. Uh, I think I was all in my dark, edgy comedy era. Like I like to watch people who said fucked up things or who had more edgier comedy. A lot of people that people weren't really watching. I mean, no offense, big black woman. Who am I? Who who were my comedy go tos? You had Kevin Hart. Uh, Cat Williams, Monique, Ricky Smiley, Bruce Bruce. I mean, you had all those. Not, not a lot of people in my family was watching white comedians. <laughs> and they were the ones who were doing some of the more edgier shit. So when I found Sarah, I thought she was funny. And then she had this TV show. And I was like, oh, my gosh, she's so great. But I did not know... I didn't have a lot of experience in the world about some of the things I was missing in connection to a lot of comedy. So in later years, when I kind of like fell off the Sarah Silverman train and wasn't even watching her and this black face picture kept popping up, I was like, what the fuck is this about? Now, have you seen that picture of Sarah uh, Silverman in blackface? I have probably throughout the years. It it always pops up always. when those conversations of people with racist past or people have done blackface. She's always like the poster girl. Of, I can't believe Sarah Silverman was not canceled. And, and that is exactly what it is. Every so often, whether it's a Sarah Silverman topic or a white comedian being racist topic, Sooner or later, you will see that Sarah Silverman in blackface photo, which I know she fucking hates. <laughs> it's it's unfortunately hilarious how many times I've seen it when she's not even the topic of conversation. Yeah. So as a young fan, I was a little bit ignorant to racist comedy as such as blackface. You know, I knew all the other stuff, but um, it wasn't until I kind of got to high school, to college, that I really learned what blackface was and the minstrel shows and whatnot. So I didn't even see this episode of the Sarah Silverman program, even though I watched it. And I don't think I would have understood it back then. But now it's so public as well as it's so talked. Blackface is talked about a lot more, I feel like, than it was when we were in high school. Do you agree? Maybe with the internet too. You said it's talked about more now. Yeah, would you agree? Like people talk about like doing blackface, not doing blackface, the history okay. of it. I think there was a time period where all these celebrities were, it was like, we know blackface is racist, so we're going to do it being self-aware that it's racist, so that makes us not racist. Oh, are you talking about like the Tropic Thunder type shit? Yeah, like that was exactly what I was like. Robert Downey Jr. Which There's I still another... haven't watched because I still feel weird about it. There's another celebrity who, like, that always gets brought up when these blackface conversations get brought up. But it's all around, you know, the 2010s mm. where they were 
there was a show on 30 Rock. 30 Rock, they did an episode. Someone did Blockface. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's all the same of, we know it's racist. We're not racist, but we're going to make fun of it, of people being racist. So yeah, people being ignorant racist. about racism. Hmm. Yeah. Well, in this case, unfortunately, I don't think that's what this particular episode was about. Okay. <laughs> so from what I looked up, this was in 2007. This episode aired, and it is an episode called Face Wars. Apparently, this episode was, the synopsis was about if Jewish or Black people had it harder. The screen grab comes from when Sarah Silverman puts on blackface and says, I look like the beautiful Queen Latifah, adding, I'm Black today afterwards hmm. so that was the premise of that episode and that's where the screen grab came from the reason it kept circulating on twitter apparently was because you know twitter is like 2009 so one time i don't know if you know blackface still wasn't that big of a deal so she had no hesitation uh sarah tweets out a picture tweets out that picture of her in the blackface, I guess to her fans uh, to acknowledge the episode. I don't know what in relation to, but she tweets out the picture. And then it's all those years later when talking about blackface that the picture keeps circulating. Now, and since it's been like over 10 years and all these years since this happened, she has condemned it. She has tried to distance herself away from it. I just don't think it's possible. She said in 2018 in GQ, she says she doesn't stand by the sketch. Quote, I'm horrified by it. I can't erase it. I can only be changed by it and move on. On Watch What Happens Live, she said that it was, quote, aggressively bad. Um, she was on a podcast. She was even talking about how she had, um, during one of the circulations of the picture, she ended up losing a, a part on a was it a movie? Uh, she said it made her so upset because um, she had really tried to dedicate her career to like showing that she she's not that person anymore. She she wouldn't make fun of a joke like that or you know delve into that humor like that anymore. But unfortunately, it's still going to come and haunt her. And then uh, on that same podcast, she's talking about like you know cancel culture period and she says it's like if you're not on board if you say the wrong thing if you had a tweet once everyone is like throwing the first stone it's so odd it's a perversion it's really look how righteous i am and now i'm going to press refresh all day long to see how many likes i get in my righteousness hmm. and she's I, not wrong when she comes to that blurb yeah she's not so. wrong right there it's I feel like blackface has always been wrong. It's always been wrong. People have always known it's wrong. Mm -hmm. And yet we try to always say, well, it wasn't here. It wasn't then. And it's even... It was a different time. Yeah. Even if you try to spin it, mm -hmm. it's... You always knew... Oop, that was my phone. <laughs> that you doing it as funny, edgy humor, it was still wrong. But you were trying to push that envelope, trying to see, can I get away with this? Yes. The office and, had a blackface scene. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I and I know, and I know, and I know. Oh, it's um it's Michael. Um <laughs> which one what is it? What what was he doing again? 
It's not Michael, it's... Isn't that Michael? No, when Dwight has a Christmas, Dwight's Christmas. It's just like a one, like a few second throwaway clip. The dude from the warehouse, he's dressed up in blackface. Maybe I'm thinking of Michael being too tan. My uh, bad. Mike, Michael. He was <laughs> not in blackface. blackface. Yeah, like he almost did blackface, but he did not. Let me look when it he up. copied when he copied Daryl. <laughs> Why are there so many people in blackface? This I'm not even at the office anymore. I'm looking at Jimmy Kimmel. That's the one who I said brought up too. Okay, we'll investigate that on the office thing later. Also, as well as this Jimmy Kimmel thing, we're gonna have to go back to that. He might have to be added into this episode. <laughs> <laughs> He's not one of my faves though. But um, so then let's go to the next thing the more recent Sarah Sil- Silverman uh thing backlash was uh this year, uh, a couple months ago, Kanye, f- formerly known as Kanye, now known as Ye, uh went on his rant about proving Jewish people ran the world and were this, that, and the third. So Sarah Silverman uh, writes in a tweet, Kanye threatened the Jews yesterday on Twitter, and it's not even trending. Lie, lie, lie. Every time Kanye tweeted something, it was trending. But whatever. She shared, why do mostly only Jews speak up against Jewish, Jewish hate? The silence is so loud. So people were mostly on her head about the fact that she was kind of wrong about his words not being, him not trending on Twitter for all his anti-Semitism, as well as the fact that nobody but Jewish people were speaking out because they were like, well, it's a little ignorant of you to say that. How, how have you not, if you're not on TikTok, if you're not on these other social media apps like Instagram, you're not seeing of all these other people of different uh, backgrounds, ethnicities, religious bra- backgrounds, town, cities, countries, talking about what Kanye is doing, how hurtful it is to the Jewish community, as well as all the other communities that he's harmed with his misinformation. Yeah. So uh, that was the most recent thing. She kind of she kind of doubled down for a second, you know, saying that she doubled down on a couple, especially black celebrities, saying that she didn't see certain people def- uh, defending Jewish people or, you know, she can't speak about uh, the experiences of black people. But she was just talking about how she felt. And then uh, eventually she did apologize. But it was just one of those things of now uh, Sarah Silverman, as well as this blackface pick always recirculating, is kind of like a narrative that circulates around her not caring about anybody but the community that she belongs to, which that's a little bit of everybody. That's what I was about but to say. We all fam- kind of do that. I was about to say, but she's a famous person who chooses to speak out about this. So she's really kind of, I don't want to, I was going to say some things that I, we're going to sound like puns and I didn't want to say it. She's kind of really pigeonholed herself into this. I think with Sarah Silverman, she kind of says, I'm sorry for doing blackface, but mm-hmm. I should have tried to black- change. I try to change, but also this, you know, it's always just say, I'm sorry for doing blackface. Shut the fuck up about anything else. Don't say people are too sensitive. Or the, it was a different culture. Just say, I made a mistake. That's mm-hmm. all people want to hear. Every time she says, but this, that, it, it just, it or takes away could, from her statement. Or she could turn into like a joke. Like 
this is your your monthly uh, apology from Sarah Silverman about the blackface photo every time it circulates. Like right you there. can turn this into something that you are trying to rebrand and change because you truly want to do that and not treat this as like an inconvenience every single time because this was an action that you did and you decided to stand by for a number of years before you tried to uh, re- uh, to repel it. If we're just being honest, you know, and and it was like. It wasn't a, a great time to talk about uh, Ye's comments because he had just gotten off the whole White Lives Matter goading George Floyd's family. So then everybody was still sensitive about that. So that's it was what like I saw a lot everybody of was mad at her about. Yeah, people were following his comments as they said, like this motherfucker's releasing different fucked up statements every hour, every day. So it wasn't people like, it was like, oh, y'all not paying attention to this one or this one. It's like, uh-huh. bro, we're condemning everything he's saying. We don't agree with any of it. And for you to only pay attention to this one shows that you don't care about everything he's talking about either. Only when it affects you. I I don't like that either when people are like, you need to make a statement for this or that. It's like, not everyone always has to make a statement just because you disagree. You yeah. know, something's go without saying that I agree. You, you disagree with it and they're like well why did you talk about this and that and like you were saying it's like it's so much it's i'm people choose what they respond to and it doesn't always mean that they agree with the other thing mm-hmm. i agree um shoot should we close it out if you want to i'm gonna share one more i could have one more okay go ahead <laughs> I'm going to shorten this one because we're, I'm just going to shorten this one. So you don't have to do it if you don't want to. Uh, should I? Yeah, we're going to close this out. This was, this was a little long. Maybe some other time I'll do a part two. Okay. And add Jimmy Kimmel. You know, someone who, or two people who I've known, they have said like some weird shit, but I refuse to look into it. Oh, okay. I like this add on. Tell us. Okay, it's two older women, and they are Whoopi Goldberg, who I love. She was almost on this episode. And anytime I see anything about her, I just shut my laptop and I say, nope. <laughs> she was really, I really not, almost put her on here. Not Whoopi. I think part of it is Whoopi gets dogged on Beyonce's internet every freaking day. <laughs> every day. Like, people are discrediting her, talking about how ugly she is, talking about she's stupid, she's that. And it's like, <clears throat> this woman is, you know, a legend, a living legend. She's an oh, e yeah. She's like, Karina, Karina, that was yeah. my movie. And ugly. I, people are yeah, just I, so used to different beauties. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but Loki, she fine. Go ahead. I, I always thought that. I thought she. she I didn't even know she had eyebrows until I was an adult. Exactly. No one realizes that because she just she's a beautiful woman, and like people try post pictures of her nowadays. Back when she was like you know in her early stardom, and it's like mm-hmm. she's not allowed to get older. Like, what are you talking about? But I agree. I've I've known she said some shit, and with people always like attacking her, I'm not to be the one. I. <laughs> I'm not going to mention a podcast that I thought about doing every episode, but one of my other podcasts I probably still would do one day is mm-hmm. called All About Whoopi, where I wanted to go through all her movies and like her <laughs> books and her stuff because yeah. 
I'm I've always had such a big love for Whoopi, but I've known she said some shit and she's defended blackface and yeah. Like but I said, I I didn't want to hit you with Erica and Whoopi though. No, I can't. I if you hit brought Whoopi, I'd end this podcast. Um, another one is Bette Midler. I grew up watching her movies. She was almost on this episode. <laughs> That's, no, I, not, I okay. That's why it's confirmed. At, at some point, I have to do a part a part two because there were so many people I left out. Bet any okay? I feel with Bet just to. You guys can look into her comments of what she said before. Mm-hmm. Some of them, I feel like people are taking something's out of context or trying to. But also, at the same time, Beth's an old lady. Like, she has good intentions. And I'm just going to leave it there. Okay, so thank you for saying that. Because now let me cut in for the listeners. Let me tell y'all, Jose is a white. No, no, let me stop. Jose. You took away my Latino card. Yeah. (laughs) Right there. Jose is a old white woman apologist. I, oh my goodness, I really am. Jose loves him some old white people. And I understand. I love the Golden Girls too. R.I.P. to all of them. But you will not see me apologizing for none of them like Jose will because he is always talking about it is it was a different time. That's your favorite <laughs> phrase. It was a different time because these people forgot about the colors and then we integrated and sometimes they reverse back and they don't know what this means. Look at you, give them all the bail. I just think that <laughs> that Midler has good intentions. Sure. Some people said that Hitler had no. stop, <laughs> but that's what people say. <laughs> no, no one says that. Bette Midler's out there doing good work. Anti-Semitists say <laughs> <laughs> she was in Hocus okay, Pocus speeches. I mean, I, and my mama really does. I'm not joking. I said it like a year ago. My mother really has sung "The Wind Beneath My Wings" since I was a child to me. Seriously and unseriously. The First Wives Club, Big Business, Ruthless People. I love First Wives Club. My mom always watched her movies instead of my grandma. I grew up watching those movies, and I I cannot turn against Bette. Bette could could do a lot of bad things, and I would be like, hmm. But her intentions were good. (laughs) I know, look at you. Uh, uh, Uh-uh-uh. Well, if Bette ever get arrested, we know who she got to call. And she's also one of those that are disrespected. I do not get why mostly women who are legends get so disrespected. And it's like, did you forget that they're the ones who did it first? That they're the ones who were trailblazers and amazing at their craft? And then you just want to shit on them? I agree. I agree. I do love them. Don't make me say that. Say it. fucking love that middle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I can't stand it. But that's she got me when I was young. Oh damn. Oh. <laughs> that don't sound right either. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I get it's... what you're saying. But I, you know, I'm not a, a apologist like you though. <laughs> Anything else you wanna mention? I think those are the main two that I I just I've I've known they've said some sketchy shit or some weird shit, and on um, to my dying day, I'll probably be defending them. 
Mm-hmm. John Cena, you can't see me. <laughs> so we like to end our episodes on a positive note with some sort of media that we are thinking about or we are talking about or such and such. Would you like to go first, sir? Um, I can go first. I just feel like you should. Okay. <laughs> so mine's about a book. So the fourth grade, I was in the gifted and talented class because I am gifted and talented. Oh my gosh, you better talk about yourself. Not you. <laughs> i gifted. But during English, I had to go down with all the other children of immigrants to a different English <laughs> class. <laughs> and why was I in an ESL or LAP class, even though English was my first language and mm-hmm. language spoken at home was English? Is a story for another time. But... The people in my fourth grade class, Miss Jenna Tempo's class, I hated her. The people in my class who were like, you know, the the smartest, the popularest ones. Yes. They all sat together and they were in English class. They would talk about what book they wanted to read next. They would all read the same book. And I wasn't there to read that book. So I would come back like towards the end of English class and I would see them with their books. And I saw it had a blue dragon on it. And I said, I'm going to read that book. And then I'm going to talk to them about it and I'm going to be so cool and I'm going to be in with them. Mm. So I go home that weekend and I go to my dad's on the weekend and my dad bought me, I made him buy me the book. And, you know, I went to a store and I was like, for the Blue Dragon. And I take it to school on Monday and I realize the book I bought was the Dragon Rider. The book they're reading is, I think it's Aragon, Aragon. Which they're both great books. But they're not the same. Yeah, they're not the same. Aragon Aragon was the more popular one. And The Dragon Rider, which I loved. I love the book. I don't really remember it, but I remember there's a a cat that's called like a brownie. I think it's like the species or what they're called. But I think they can talk. And then there's a guy who writes dragons and it was just a great book. And it was one of my all-time favorites in elementary school, and I think ever since then, I I was like in my hipster phase where I'm not going to read the popular one, I'm going to read this one because, you know, I, I couldn't get in with them because they had the popular book. I like that. You said, fuck yeah, I'm on uh-huh. my own way. Yeah, I'm, I'm on my own, so it, it really... I. You know, I mentioned I've been doing all these books from my childhood. And every time I, like, hold this book, I'm, like, thinking about it. It, like, brings back all these memories I have not thought about in years of me wanting to be accepted by them. And I wasn't because I didn't have the right book. (laughs) And, and, you know, that turning into years long of the hipster of, oh, I knew about it before it was cool. I don't want to be cool. Type of thing that I carried with me into like my early twenties. Oh, late. (laughs) (laughs) But that was like the first thing. Like, was books was where I didn't want to read Harry Potter because Harry Potter was the popular thing to read. I I would read this book that no one knew about, and I was a cool person. And they had its advantages and disadvantages, but that's my media. The Dragon Rider. Um, I don't even know who it's by. <laughs> <laughs> the Dragon Rider, and it's by 
Cornelia Funk. Ooh, I like that name. I do too. Cornelia Funk. Gonna funk it up. Cornelia Funk. Gonna funk it up. Dragon Rider. Dragon Rider. Does it mean I gotta go? Um, this is really. This one's gonna be really easy just because um, it's just a song. And it's okay, first of all, I told you this like a month or two ago, but super freaky girl grew on me only the chorus though from Nicki Minaj. Mm. Because for so fucking long, I only heard the FR part. Like, so I was like, oh, she's she's gonna spell freak. But I heard the sample, and for the and this sounds so ridiculous. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, Katrina? But for the longest with the sample and her and me knowing she was gonna spell freak, I was like, how does she fit spelling freak in the end? And so when I finally heard it, and she just <laughs> and she just elongates the e a k, that just cracks me up. So. That's it won me over. So that's all I, I, I remember and sing. So that's not my media, but it's another Nikki uh verse. I was on Twitter and because I've been clicking on all the rap girls' names, when I go past my trending, it just shows me random uh ran- random tweets of people I've already searched up. So there was some Nicki Minaj ones and it would just had her rapping her verse to I wanna be with you which is a, actually, it's a DJ Khaled song. It's like DJ Khaled, uh, Future, and whatnot. And I just forgot how much I loved that Nicki verse because it's just very simple. You know, she's rapping, and then she ends with the singing and all that. And I was just like, oh, shit. This is one of my favorites. That's it. I'm still on my break from Nicki, but she has been, she's always been a great rapper, creative rap. I think some of her best work is on her features. Yeah, it was, I, and that's why I hate that all this stuff has gone down with Nikki because I, to be honest, we were really, I mean, you still, but we were really huge Nikki fans, especially high school to college. Like, and she was everywhere. That's how she laid down her groundwork for everybody to love her, to have the barbs was because yeah, she put out Pink Friday, but before, during, and after Pink Friday, she was on everybody's song. You mm-hmm. could not turn the radio station without hearing a Nicki song or a Nicki feature. And they were all like 99% all good. All of yeah. them. Yeah. Re- oh, sorry. Go say. There's songs that I only listen to the Nicki verse. There's like YouTube mixes where it's just like all different Nicki verses. Oh, I've not. And- okay. Yeah, there's like so many that I'm like, oh my god, I forgot about that because I didn't like really like the main part of the song. And it's so sad that she's tarnished her reputation by supporting who she supports. And I, that's one thing for me that I'm really trying to do is separate the art from the artist. But after doing our Nicki Minaj part three episode, I just, I have it every time I try to get back into her. I'm like, oh, this ain't the vibe I'm looking for right now. Yeah. Um, Like I said, that's the only recent, besides the Super Freaky Girl verse, which I really only hear on the radio because I I don't have that on my phone. 
Uh, but that's the only Nikki thing I've really listened to. I don't think I've listened to anything else. But yeah, same. It's just a little disappointing. So and sometimes I it's hard of, to listen I, to her. I love all of Nikki. Even her, like, you know, she's, I feel like, more known for her, like, upbeat or sexual songs. But oh, yeah. Of, we like them all. One of my favorite songs by her is The Crying Game, which is if not my favorite, like at least in the top three. And, you know, it's a very sad, deep song and it's great. No, nah, I listen to Pills and Potions. <laughs> I, like the, I like the crying game for what it is, but it's not my song. You know it's, what I'm saying? But it's a, good, it's a good song for what it is. Pills and Potions, I remember you and Trisha made a joke about it and me and you made a joke about it. So every time I listen to the song, I think of Pills and Potions... Your legs need lotion. lotion. Yeah, like <laughs> jokes like that. So I could never take that song that serious. Uh, I don't even listen to Pills and Potions that much. But if I need a sad Nikki song, that would be the one I go to. Or is Save Me still considered? I don't know if it's sad, but I love me some Save Me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So anything else you want to add? I do. I have an email from Trisha. Oh, my Um, gosh. (laughs) She said to my absolute favorites, happy holidays from Major and I to you guys. Mm, Quick, people might not know what that means from her and Major. Now, you've heard me mention my cat, Jinx. Jinx was born in a litter. Major was also a part of that litter. (laughs) Sister sharing, sister cats. Love it. She goes on to say, I'm always telling you how much I love the podcast, and I want to write in my media and share my favorite moments slash episodes of Save Your Sorry. And she has five episodes listed and the reason she loves them. So, number one, Paula Dean. This, and this is Trisha's words here, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> this episode brings this N-word so much joy. Oh my gosh. You, she, she knew you could not say that. number two mel gibson the energy on this episode is always a mood can't stand him no number three that's so raven stars i don't stop laughing when i'm listening to this episode Mm -hmm. number four remy mall slash bobby romack hashtag justice for bobby and remy stay on the dance floor which i can appreciate And number five, Abby Lee Miller, Katrina saying, you're a bitch. No, you're a mean girl, Abby. You're a bitch. It's something I live for. I'll stop there, but I can't express how much I love you guys. My day is never complete without Save Your Sorry. Enjoy your break, and we'll be here when y'all get back. Thank you, Trisha. Thank you so much. Those are some of my favorite episodes, too. (laughs) You say it. Remy stay on the dance floor was fucking hilarious. <laughs> what do you know Remy stay on the dance floor? First of all, you during that whole Remy episode was hilarious. That's one of my favorite episodes. And and Justice for Bobby. <laughs> Those, yeah. The Remy one is one of my favorites too, just for the vibes of it. And the Justice for Bobby was, I, I was really thinking... It was Justice for Bobby at that point. You really did. It was not. But (sighs) those are all great episodes, in my opinion. And if Um, you have not heard any of those episodes, 
I would recommend any of those episodes too because they are actually kind of funny. Mel Gibson, um, a little bit more funnier once you get through all the fucked up shit he did. Yeah, they all have. I mean, with all our episodes, there's some dark, some trauma, some something mm-hmm. bad, but we try to deal with it with humor. It's so funny <laughs> looking at this list, though, of how many I was thinking. Should I do that person? There's not enough. No one would know who they are or no one's interested in that. And they are some of my favorites, too. See, there you go. It pays to be uncertain sometimes. <laughs> the rest is still on return. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, shit. You don't know where that was from. I gotta go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> that is our episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you are listening to this today, it releases. We are going on a three-week break. We will be back January. January. Gen- January 15th. Mark yes. your calendars. That's our next episode release day. If you're not listening to this and wants it to release, then that message does not apply to you. You can just go to the next episode, boo. Just go to the next episode. If there is one, who knows? Who knows? Thank you so much for listening. If you're going to reach out to us, our Instagram is Save Your Sorry. Spell just like the podcast. Our email is Save Your Sorry at gmail.com. Give us your media, your suggestions, anything really. You write in, we'll read it here. You can tell us we suck and we'll read it on here. What we um, suck? <laughs> Our Twitter is Save Your Sorry. The your is spelled you are. I haven't been that active on it recently just because, like I said earlier, I've been Pokemon. playing Pokemon. Yeah. So Ash Ketchum has retired after 25 days in the cartoon. A moment of silence. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and that is it, I believe. That's it, right? That's it. Yep, you did it. Okay. Please let us know your opinion on any of these stories. Mm -hmm. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much. Bye. See ya.